because I'm, I'm trying to educate people, my goal is to, as you said, get as many people as possible to be familiar with the ideas. So in, in, the, in the maybe in 10 years, in 15, 20 years, um, when politicians come out and start to make those promises, we'll give you heaven and earth, you know, we'll um, free stuff for everyone. I would like there to be a critical mass of Nigerians who would know that this is BS. This this is not true, right? So, and um, th that's that's so. If if we can do, if if I can get, let's say a million people in the next ten years who are aware of these things, right? If I can achieve that, then we can start to push our candidates. We can get it can turn into a political movement or. Um, I have no no um, I have no issues working with the current political orthodoxy. If the politicians, um, if some politician says, "I like what this guy is saying," and um, why don't we try it out? Even now, I'm willing to do that. So I'm just getting the information out there. If I get seen or heard by someone with influence, that's fine. If that doesn't work, I'm willing to play the long game. Monero Talk is sponsored by Cake Wallet, a trustless open source wallet that gives you the keys to your crypto. Invoice, donate, and trade your Monero with peace of mind, peace of cake. And by StealthyX, an instant exchange where privacy is a top concern. Go to StealthyX.io to instantly exchange between Monero and 450 plus assets without having to create an account or register and with no limits. Making StealthyX a simple way to purchase Monero with crypto anonymously. Monero Talk is also made possible from contributions by viewers and listeners like you. And supporting us is easier than ever by typing in MoneroTalk.crypto in your Monero.com or Cake Wallet send address field to send us a tip. This week on Monero Talk. Douglas Tuman interviews Econ Bro, a Nigerian-Austrian economist advocating for liberty in his country. The two discuss Econ Bro's path towards discovering Austrian economics, the hurdles in trying to get people interested in liberty in Nigeria, and which role Monero can have in helping the cause for liberty globally. They also talk about Econ Bro's XMR fundraiser with the goal of facilitating seminars to teach young people in Nigeria about the free market, Liberty and possibly Monero, gold versus Monero in terms of what the actual value of them are, and much more. Monero Talk starts now. All right, Econ Bro, how's it going, man? It's going great. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for doing this. I learned about you on Twitter. Actually, I think on Kuno, actually. I saw your your, your Kuno request for Monero. You're looking to raise funds. We'll get into that. Uh, before we get into all that, you want to quickly introduce yourself? Um, so I'm Econ Bro. I'm a Nigerian-Austrian economist. Um, I, I don't know. Do you want me to give you the full history, how I got into Austrian economics or um, or my liberty hey. movement or what exactly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get into that, I'm sure, at some point. But yeah, what's your what's your general intro? Why, why, how, you know? How would you describe yourself to those that are, that are just meeting you for the first time? I'm Christian, Nigerian, Austrian economist, one of the very few 
um, liberty advocates in in this part of the world. So that's just that's it. How how did you become that that rare breed in in your country in Nigeria? Why well, how did how did you become this guy the uh, you know the Austrian economist among uh, I guess among few others there right? I, I imagine you're there's not many in in your area that 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 currently share these views. Um, I know about I don't think I know more than ten people who are interested in and liberty in general in this country. So um, about Austrian economics, I think, I think I'm the only one who is an, an Austrian economist. There are other liberty advocates, but I don't know how good they are when it comes to um, economics, right? So for economics, I think I'm, I'm about the only one. So um, how I got here was I just got dissatisfied with the way things were going in school. So um, at university, I was actually studying computer science. And after my second year, I figured out I wasn't really learning anything. I didn't really have an interest. I was passing my exams, um, but I wasn't really learning anything. Right, So I moved to economics and because I had friends who studied, who were studying economics at the time, and they used to talk about how their teachers, their professors were um, really good. So... Um, so I, I decided to switch to economics and um, I really enjoyed I enjoyed it however there were a lot of things that I was taught in school that didn't make a lot of sense to me right so um, long story short in 2015-16 I started to look um, into alternatives because all the stuff I had learned in school um, I, I, I would hear politicians talk about them out here, analysts, economists, and finance guys talk about the things I learned in school. And when they end up implementing them, nothing ever changes things, even end up getting worse. Right? So I, I, I said to myself, this can't be it. Right? So I started to um, look into other schools of economics thoughts. I began my journey with F.A. Hayek, and then I, I Milton Friedman, Thomas Sowell, and then actually recently I got into like I think I'm maybe a year or two years into um, learning about Ludwig von Mises and Mary Rothbard and Henry Hazlitt, you know. So I, yeah, that's how I got. To and this this was kind of this was after you had studied more traditional yes. economics. Yes. yes, yes, because I I I found out what I was learning wasn't working. Um, mm. I would hear um economists and financial analysts and. Um, politicians talk about the things we were taught in school, and it's um, it's the same economics curriculum everywhere in the world. So it's not like um, we're learning garbage here. It's the same thing. I've checked that they teach in the US, that they teach here as well. So, um, so I, I I know we could I, probably I, spend a whole day describing that, but how how would you describe you know the 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 what what most people are spoon fed the the Keynesian economics like what would be kind of your your elevator pitch description of what is traditionally being taught just for uh, those Keynesian economics yeah Keynesian economics that's what is um, taught here in schools what is right, so I, I, for those the, for those who don't even know what that is like how, you know how would you describe okay. that um, like the, it... the, um, the economics of government economics of government. That's um, the simplest way to explain it. Where the government runs um, the economy, dictates um, 
the direction the economy takes. Yeah, that's um, the best way to. And then, so what, what what was it about Austrian economics that struck you where you're like, wait, no, this this is the right path compared to what you were learning with the, the Keynesian models? It made sense. I had many questions when I was in school. A lot of things that I was taught didn't add up. A lot of things didn't add up. It felt like um, secrets were being kept from me, even while reading the textbooks. You know, it didn't really make a lot of sense. It was a lot of mathematics, and it just didn't. It didn't make. It still doesn't make sense to this day. I I, I passed my exams, and thankfully, I, I I did well in school. But it just didn't make sense. So when I started to learn free market economics, so um in 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 Austrian economics, um we we believe in um we use praxeology. That's the methodology of the Austrian school, right? So we don't believe in it all um, mathematics and too much graph and all that stuff. So we use praxeology and then, um, so we use a priori logic to um, explain our theories, right? So um, when they say something is a priori, it just means, how do I, so let me give an example. Um, one plus one, for instance, you don't need to, know, all you need to know is what one is, what plus is, and what two is, right? If you know those three things, when you hear one plus one, you know it's two, you don't need to, and conduct an experiment to see if it's true. So, right. um, um, a priori logic, that's what Australian economics is. So when you hear it, you just know it's right. Once you know what is and um, what they're talking about, then you know it's correct, right? So it's it just made sense, unlike what um, I was taught in school. Yeah, so. No, okay, okay. And so now you're, you're on a mission to teach this to others in, in Nigeria, right? To, to to bring this eureka moment that you've kind of had to to others, right? To to share this knowledge, correct? Yes, yes, yes. The country yep. really needs needs this now. Um, things are very very terrible here, and um, economically, we we have all sorts of um crises, not just in in the economy, but in our culture, our society, and there's a lot of kidnappings, banditry, thefts, ritual killings. There's a lot of crazy stuff um, going on um, here. And I know that the problem is most, uh, most of our problems can be solved by just having the government pull their hands, not just economic problems, but social and cultural pro um, problems as well. Uh, we can solve them by just having the government pull out of a lot of things and many things will fix themselves. So it's not just economics, but also the libertarian philosophy as a whole. And so what what are you doing to try to bring about this change? What well, kind I'm, of I'm, actions are you taking? I'm teaching um, people. I go to um, universities. I talk to um, students, at, mostly students of economics, but if people from law or political science or any other um, faculty want to join in, it's open to anyone. So I go and then I talk to them. Um, the beautiful thing about Australian economics and and um, other libertarian philosophies is that you don't need an advanced degree to understand any of these things. Once you have um, a brain and you understand the language I'm speaking, anybody can, a 13-year-old can understand, understand it. So let me just tell this story. A, a couple of weeks ago, I went to buy um, something at the market, a, a local market here, and 
there's a man who usually sells stuff to me. So when I went to buy the stuff, he was telling me how um, the price has gone up, right? And he's, he's someone who's usually very nice to me. He's a very nice uh, man. So he was trying to apologize for um, the high prices. And then I told him not to worry, that I understand um, that there is inflation in the country, that he doesn't have to explain himself. And then he started to say um, he, he doesn't know why the producers of the commodity are jacking the prices. So I now this this man is uneducated. He hasn't been to school at all, right? So he barely speaks English. So I started to explain to him. Um, I, I just basically I used the water diamond paradox to explain um, the subjective value. It's introduce him to the subjective value theory. So in the market there, um, this um, this salesman who is uneducated and a couple of other people who were around were listening, and I was just explaining. Um, inflation to them and why prices are rising and why the central bank is to blame. You know, so as I, as I said, these people don't have degrees. Many of them barely speak English, but they understood um, what I was saying. So imagine talking to an audience of educated people and um, students who are actually in university. So that's what I do. I go to um, universities and I, 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 I teach young people. I also write um, articles on my free Substack addressing economic and political situations in Nigeria here. And I'm just, um, it's, as I said, free substack for people to just um, read. And um, I'm also doing a lot of activism on Twitter. I'm going on shows like yours. And um, the, the, the shows in my country would not have me on at this time because I'm not big yet. And also they don't like what I have to say. Um, I'm challenging orthodoxy. So it's um, very difficult for them to accept what I'm saying. So I've had people call me and say, okay, come over to the radio station or to the TV station and let's talk about this. And then at the last minute, they pull out, you know, maybe some, one of the higher ups tells them, don't, don't um, talk to that. I don't know if that's what happens, but it just happened two or three times. And I'm, I don't think it's coincidence anymore. So, so I basically, I'm just trying to, yeah. What, what do you think they're fearful of? What do, what do they see as, as the controversy here? Um, I'm challenging orthodoxy. If if someone is bringing something new, and the new thing being brought in is irrefutable, it, I debate with them, um, with um, economists in Nigeria, financial analysts, um, top guys in the country. I debate with them on Twitter, and I always get the upper hand every single time. You know, so it's kind of embarrassing. These guys have hundreds of thousands of followers, and I just have like a thousand, literally a thousand followers, and and. I'm a young man. I'm in my thirties. I'm in my mid thirties, and I'm 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 giving it to men in their fifties and sixties, right? So nobody likes that. So and they they have, they have some influence. So, yeah. What is kind of ultimately your plan with this? You're you're trying to get political with it. You're trying to build up a large group of people that will. Uh, hopefully, uh, find value in these ideas. How how are you trying to really ultimately put it into action? What's the what's the ultimate goal with what you're doing here? Okay, so because I'm am trying to educate people, my goal is to, as you said, get as many people as possible to be familiar with the ideas. So in in the in the maybe in ten years, in fifteen, twenty years, um, when politicians come out and start to make those promises will give you heaven and earth, you know, will um, free stuff for everyone. Um, I, I would like that to be a 
critical mass of Nigerians who would know that this is BS. This this is not true, right? So, and um, th- that's that's so. If if we can do, if if I can get, let's say a million people in the next ten years who are aware of these things, right? If I can achieve that, then we can start to push our candidates. We can get it can turn into a political movement. Or, um, I have no no um, I have no issues working with the current political orthodoxy. If the politicians, um, if some politician says, "I like what this guy is saying," and um, why don't we try it out? Even now, I'm willing to do that. So I'm just getting the information out there. If I get seen or heard. By someone with influence, that's fine. If that doesn't work, I'm willing to play the long game. So, yeah, of teaching people. And yeah, I, I suppose if you build up a large enough group, then you you will catch the attention of political parties and and politicians. Correct. Certainly, certainly. Hopefully, that's the that's the. Are there currently? I know you said you, you're you're very much the minority there in terms of your thinking, in terms of being uh you know a, a quote unquote freedom fighter, somebody who's uh espousing the concepts of liberty and Austrian economics, but are there any politicians or factions of any political parties that may be the early adopter of these ideas or, or there's, there's nobody out there right now. There's no, in, in, in the mainstream, we don't have, in the words of Ludwig Bormises, you're all a bunch of socialists. They are all socialists, right? So just um, socialists to varying degrees. Mm-hmm. So all our politicians in the mainstream are socialists. Every single one of them, Keynesian socialists. We have nothing. We don't even have a a monetarist um, um, politician that believes in the market, but then believes money should be in the hands of the state. But we don't even have that. It's all Keynesians and socialists. That's what we have here. What are the two? Are, are there two major parties like like here in the U.S. or or is there are there more? What how, what is the what's kind of the lay of the land there? So um, we 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 used to have um, one major party, the People's Democratic Party, the PDP, and then um, in 2015, a couple of guys left the PDP and then um, joined a the second force, right, to form the APC, and then they uh, over. So the APC means the All Progressives Congress, and um, so the APC overthrew the PDP. Um, kicked the PDP out of office in 2015, and they've been ruling ever since the All Progressive Congress. Um, we just had elections in May, um, or rather, we just had a new president sworn in in May. Um, he's also a member of the APC, the All Progressive Congress, and they are worse than the people before them. So then there's this party called the Labour Party, a, a former um, member of the PDP left the Labour Party and left the PDP and joined the Labour Party, and um, he was the people's candidate. You know, the youths were behind him. Um, a lot of people claim he won the election. The case is still in court now, but he's the Labour Party candidate. He talks a big game um, about free markets, but when you look at his policies, um, he he knows absolutely nothing about um, call, um, making a market free. Absolutely nothing. So he just talks... Um, you know, let's let the market do this. Let's let the market do that. Then you look at his plans. Everything is let the government do this. I let the government do that. So, and there is no hope as it stands. I imagine 
there's a ton of corruption over there, right? On on both sides, on all sides, it's it's just all completely corrupt. Yeah, it's and it's very very terrible, very corrupt. What? Well, how would you describe the differences between the two major parties? There, what 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 is each one selling? No ideological difference. They are just they are the exact same and party ideologically. People move from one party to the other. They switch, you know, all the time. So it's not. There is no ideological difference. All the parties in Nigeria, every single one of them. I guess, I, okay, let me say we have two um, ideological divides in the country. It, and we have the Keynesians and the socialists. So the socialists are um, the vast minority, that vast minority. And then every other person is basically a Keynesian. Hmm. So. And and what are the implications of that when you say they're a Keynesian? Uh, so what what are the what are some of the policies that they that they espouse and they believe in over there? What what are the the main policies that are being put forth in so Nigeria? They they believe the government should run everything. The government should set the tone. Um, governments economics of government spending stimulus. You know, just keep um, pumping out and uh, printing out the money. Turn on the printers and. And spread and stimulate the economy into being productive. Our last president tried that, um, a, a whole lot of stimulus, you know, and then nothing happened. That's just while, of course, the socialists are saying, take everything from everyone and just redistribute. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so it's it's pretty much the same thing ideologically. The, the state is going to run everything. So we don't have a right wing movement here. What is the currency like in Nigeria? What is the the situation there with inflation and the value of the currency and you know the state of fiat? There? It's very horrible. <clears throat> it's very horrible and it's getting worse. Um, so <clears throat> the naira, our currency is called the naira. The naira um <clears throat> was traded um, um at the black market for seven hundred and fifty um naira for a dollar just a couple of months ago, right, on the black market. And now, it's today, um, one dollar is 1,045 naira. So this is between May and um, October. So so it's it's getting worse. It's getting worse. The money supply keeps expanding and, um, and all the solutions that I hear people offer are terrible. You know, it's it's a, it, right now. That's that's um, about the 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 two most important economic issues in Nigeria today are the um, falling naira, the falling currency, and um, the price of fuel and other commodities. But fuel is because we had massive subsidies that were paid to subsidize um, um, refined petroleum products here. So the um, president allegedly um, took out the subsidy payments. So fuel went from um, Fuel prices tripled, you know, literally tripled, and it's um, getting higher still. So those are the major problems. And everything people of everything people are saying, I've been preaching for months now. This is only going to make things worse. Things are indeed getting worse, <clears throat> and they're still suggesting more of the same. And I'm pointing out, hey, there's you guys are making this thing worse. Nobody wants to listen. So I guess we just have to. And shout a little louder. 
are people organically moving towards other solutions like cryptocurrency? Are they are they trying to avoid inflation uh, by using other other means or well, what's well, what's? Well, I believe those who have access to um, U.S. dollars are trying to get their hands on um, U.S. dollars, right? Um, so it, uh, I think it was in 2020. Um, I don't think any country, I in fact, check me, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm, I know this for sure. Um, use of cryptocurrencies in Nigeria skyrocketed in 2020, right? Okay. Um, same as everywhere in the world. When Bitcoin was at, at its highest, everyone jumped into um, Bitcoin and Ethereum. And, you know, people just jumped into all kinds of uh, cryptocurrencies. But then when, <clears throat> when the price um, took a nosedive, um, a lot of people were discouraged and there is there is um, apathy towards cryptocurrencies. A, a couple of people still use them, but nobody accepts it as currency. They never did. So they, they, they buy cryptocurrency here to hedge against inflation to, as, as a sort of investment. You know, I mm-hmm. buy maybe $5 worth of Bitcoin and hopefully um, in in two, three months, I can trade it for there's, there's speculating. They're speculating. Yeah, so, no, nobody's actually yeah, using yeah. Yeah, no, nobody's using it. Hmm. Yeah, I mean that's a, that's pretty much everywhere around the world. There, there are a few few rare exceptions. Um, that's uh, that's un- un- unfortunate to hear, but you know, maybe 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 in due time. Um, what is this? What is it like to obtain cryptocurrencies over there? Is it are there exchange exchanges, centralized exchanges that people can easily use to to obtain it? Is that everybody uses one? One on what's do you know the the ins and outs of how people are getting their crypto? Yeah, um, there are lots of crypto exchanges. Um, maybe not a lot. I, I off the top of my head, I can think of maybe two or three. But mm-hmm. um, the um, for so I'm I'm very very new to crypto, and I just oh, okay and yeah, just last month I think. You know, um, oh wow! My yeah, my friend at Fiat Demise on Twitter and shout out to him. He introduced me to. Um, Monero in particular, mm-hmm. he sent me some, told me how to convert it to local currency here. I tried it, it worked out, and um, he started to tell me the decide to praise um, Monero. You know, I, I had people talk about Monero. I, I was like, I'm not interested in cryptocurrencies, but things, <clears throat> as things have started to get um, very, very difficult. And so, okay, so I started a fiat fundraiser to help with my program. Yeah. yeah, to support my work here. <clears throat> Excuse me. And getting money here is very, very difficult. Getting money from outside here, you know, mm-hmm. um, a, a lot of people don't trust the um, services we have here. For and um, let's say you want, you'd like to send me dollars. A lot of people don't trust the services, so they would much rather use something like a PayPal or Stripe or Skrill, any of these services. But none of those services work here. None of those services work here, so you can't um, easily use GoFundMe or any of these. Now, even the 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 the, the um, fundraiser I use, GoGetFunding.com, um, they had this arrangement where okay, they they would be able to send the money to me here, but I think um, they charge. I can't remember what percentage it is, but they take a whole lot because I don't have um, PayPal or Stripe. So that's um, 
whatever service provider um, they use to send money here, because of new central bank policy, that um, provider pulled out. So I can't even get access to that anymore. Right. So it was um, in discussing with them at Fiat Demise um, on Twitter. Mm-hmm. He, he, he suggested I start a crypto fundraiser, a Monero fundraiser in particular. And um, we started to work on that. And I found out that, okay, I can actually get that here. Easy, yes, you know, super simple. No, no, nobody can stop you and everybody, it goes right to you, right? No yeah, fees. Straight, no fees yeah. at all. No, although when I, uh, if I, when I have to, yeah. when I have to get yeah, transaction fees, when I have to trade for currency here, I am the, the um, exchanges here, they take a small uh, yeah. cut, but it's, it's not, it's nothing. Well, I wanted to get to that. Yeah. How, how are you doing that? So if you, if you raise uh, a bunch of Monero using Kuno, how, how, how will you turn it into your local currency? What, what means um, do you I, have? I could turn it to Bitcoin or Ethereum and then convert it to local currency. Using so, like an, using a centralized exchange or are there like uh, peer-to-peer ways? Would you be able to find somebody that would be able to willing to buy Monero for, for cash there or no? That's not... I, I, don't, I don't think so. I, I okay. don't think so. I, I honestly don't know if anyone knows of Monero in this part. I, I don't know. I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. But, um, I don't know if anyone knows of Monero. Yeah. You know, so which, again, which is part of what I'm trying to do now because it's it's very use, useful to me. And when I go to schools to talk to students, you know, and so at my last seminar, I, I, I'm, I'm, being a, a Rothbardian, a student of Ludwig von Mises and Mary Rothbard, I'm very big on gold and silver, on metals, right? So I've never really been a cryptocurrency um, person. I, ha- I have my reasons, but um, in recent times, cryptocurrencies and Monero in particular have played a very big role in funding my work, right? So I, I felt I have to give back to that um, community that has helped me. So, um, I mean, I- even if I were to advise the students to get gold, how would they do that here or silver, right? But I can always talk to them. If you want to hedge against inflation, if you want get some Monero, right? Tell a friend about it to tell another friend. Let's start to trade in, in just, I want to introduce it to people, right? And um, get a lot of students now and um, are starting businesses because um, things are horrible. So everyone is just trying to find something to do to make sure that the the fiat naira, the useless currency, um, doesn't leave your hands the moment it gets. You know, so people are working, you know. So rather than um, work for naira that um, loses its value literally two, three times a day, it loses um, some of its value two, three times a day. Why not convert that naira into Monero? Right. So that's the argument I'm going to make. So either hold and if 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 we can get enough people to do this to hold on to um, Monero, why not just start to trade with it? Yeah, oh, that that would be beautiful. Yeah, so so... Th- this this could be a a good moment to maybe talk about exactly what your Kuno fundraiser is, like what you're asking for, what you're planning on doing with the funds. Okay. Uh, right. So yeah, so at my seminars. I, I, I talk to, as I've said, young people about Austrian um, economics. The biggest um, economic issue of the day is the um, 
inflation, right? Denial losing its value. That's it. So everywhere I go, I talk about that because it's it's a it's a big issue. So everybody wants to everybody wants solutions, right? So um, of course, as I said, I can't. How how do they get gold or silver if oh um how do they get gold or silver? You know how 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 do they get access to that here? You need a lot a whole lot of money to be able to get access to gold or silver here, real gold or silver. So um instead I could talk to them about cryptocurrencies, right? Monero, as I've said in particular, because of of the privacy. So I've learned that that's what Monero has over all the other um, cryptocurrencies. And it's it's absolutely private. Right? I heard there is even a bounty on Monero's head. Some agency and um, asked and um, placed a bounty, uh, placed a reward for who can crack the code or something. I read something like that when I was doing uh, my research on Monero. I, I I thought that was interesting. Anyway, yeah. so I I, I go to um, it's weird that they're not saying that about Bitcoin um, mm. or Ethereum. So mm-hmm. so I I I I I, I talk to these young people about the cause of the problems and offer um, economic solutions, proper economic policy. And as I said, now I'm adding um, a cryptocurrency, a Monero. It, it, it doesn't have to be Monero, right? Because I believe in freedom. Um, mm-hmm. ch- just take, choose whatever money um, you feel is best. It could be Monero, it could be Bitcoin, it could be Ethereum. However, I will tell them, so this is what I use. I will um, lord the... I was seeing the praises of, of, of Monero, right? Because, um, good. The government just said, I saw an article today earlier, and the government said they want to start to crack down on social media. You know, mm-hmm. um, so it's so, not going to be. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, finish, finish your thoughts. So if they're cracking down on social media, um, people are going to want to be more careful, more private. You know, and if if you if they want to be private with their money, I don't think there's a better option than um, Monero. Do you love coffee and Monero as much as we do? Consider making gratuitous.org your daily cup. Pay with Monero for premium fresh beans. And if you like what you taste, send a digital cash tip directly to the Guatemalan farmers that made it possible. Proceeds help us grow this channel, Gratuitous, and Monero. Yes, 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 for sure. Um, do you do you think that's something people will will grab hold of in Nigeria? Is is there a is there a tradition of using cash? Um, what? What are people using in their day to day? Are they are they using apps to make payments? Are they using credit cards? Are they using some system controlled by the government that everybody just uses that makes it super simple in digital form? What's kind of their 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 current way of uh, transacting? I think most of the country uses cash. Most okay. Of the country is um, however Nigeria is um, we have a population of over 200 million people mm-hmm. so, um, majority of the population may, let me say 70% of the population we use cash you know when we go to the markets we pay everything in cash but then in the major cities in and in the capital the federal capital territory in Lagos 
in rivers, a couple of places. And most people use um, apps to yeah, really. transfer um, digital money. That's um, how... So, yeah, so it's, 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 I would say 30% use um, mobile apps to transfer money and then maybe 70% use cash. It's a mixture. I use both. Mm-hmm. I would prefer it if it was only cash, but um, sometimes it's just very convenient to, you know, just make the transfer. And let me, let me ask you this. Why would you prefer to only be cash? And are there others that would also have that preference and why, 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 why would people, do people naturally gravitate towards using cash if they can? Do they see a, a benefit for cash? Yes. Um, so um, Nigeria is the, how do I say this? I, I don't want to sound condescending like I'm looking down on my people, but there is a very large um, um, portion of the country that's uneducated. Mm-hmm. So um, they don't trust the banks. You know, um, they are really old school. They don't believe in uh, pushing it. But I mean, a large um, section of the population don't even have smartphones. I I'd be I can confidently say maybe sixty percent of the um, population does not use. I could be wrong, but I think about sixty or maybe even more a percent of the country doesn't use smartphones. They don't use smartphones and um, operate, so um, they just use regular, non-smart cell phones. So um, there is this lack of trust for the um, banking system. You know, and if you if you go to an uneducated woman who sells maybe vegetables in the market, mm-hmm. how are you going to send and pay her? You, you you need cash, and then something happened last year that made things um a bit made people skeptical. So um, there's this news that's going um around the world that Nigeria kicked against CBDCs. And yes, I, want, I wanted to get to that. Yes, go ahead. It's it's. Okay, so it's the same story. So it's very frustrating because that's not what's happened. So in 2020, it's very frustrating to see. Um, even people I, I, I respect that I listen to, I follow, I learn from, they, they also took that story and ran with it. So in 2021, or was it 2020, the government tried to push the ENIRA, the um, Central Bank Digital Currency, and nobody really paid it any, any mind. You know, it wasn't... A thing. So it um so at the end of last year, the president, the former president, um said they wanted to they called it a currency swap. They said they wanted to change the um the bills. They wanted to change thousand naira bill, five hundred naira bills, two hundred naira bills. Those are our biggest um denominations, thousand two hundred, five hundred. So they wanted to change them. So they said turn in your old Naira for the new Naira. And then when people turned it in the old, they didn't give them the new. Mm-hmm. Right? So all of a sudden, cash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cash was very, very tight. Mm-hmm. You know, and then if you if you pay in your if you give them the old um, currency, they just credit your account. So um, a lot of people took this for a push for CBDCs, but I knew that was not what was going on because the president First of all, the president is like, he's a, he's a boomer's boomer, right? So he knows nothing. Now, he believes everyone should just, um, he has literally said this, that we should just go to the farm and use hoes and cutlasses and rakes, you know, to farm. So that kind of man certainly has no business talking about CBDCs. So mm. he said, so 
in essence, what they wanted to do, they wanted to mop up cash because elections were around the corner. And in Nigeria, politicians literally buy votes with cash. So they get all and the, the grandmothers at the villages and in the markets, they just line up, they give them 5,000 or 4,000 naira, which is like what well, today it's like 5,000 naira is like $5, right? And then they tell them, where's your voter's card, your voter ID, right? And then they vote for vote for and so and so candidate. And then they give them 5,000. So the president was trying to put a stop to that. So he was uh. trying to make it difficult for people to gain access to cash. So mm. now it, those of us who, who um, know liberty, we were, we were mad because we, we suspected that perhaps global interest might decide to use that as an opportunity to push for CBDC. So we were kicking against it, right? So immediately, literally a week after the elections, there was cash in circulation again, right? And then everyone started to report that um, Nigeria's pushed against CBDCs. That was not what happened. Yes, people were rioting in the streets, but they were not rioting because the government was trying to impose CBDCs on them. No, they were rioting because they couldn't get access. As I said, about 60 to 70% of the population don't have access to smartphones. So these people cannot transact. Believe me, sir, if Nigerians all had smartphones, this would be the easiest place to push CBDCs. So it was not a win for liberty. No, it was not. So it, it just, it, it, it's, it's infuriating, it's frustrating to see people um, Lord Nigeria is a champion of liberty. That was not what happened. If if we if we had proper smartphone, mobile phone, and cell coverage everywhere in the country, this would be the easiest. Nigerians are very docile. You know, if the government pushes everything, we're like, okay, daddy says let's do this, so let's do it. You know, and then the people you find fighting against the policies are usually fighting against it for reasons unrelated to liberty. So it, it was just a, it was a mess. It was a mess. So now, so now that made people um, less, um, that, that made people want to hold cash more. Right. right? So there's the demand for cash increased since that time. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so. so, but o- overall, do you think there's a movement towards eliminating cash, like we're seeing all over the world? I mean, it, I, no, I imagine the here. government ultimately would want to eliminate it. No. Not here. Not here. No. Okay. The people, the people pushing for it are the Twitter intellectuals. <laughs> yeah, they are the ones pushing for it, saying we should. Yeah, they are the ones pushing for it because those are the people who um, are listening to George Soros and Klaus Schwab and World Economic Forum. Those are the people who are looking for the World Economic Forum to pick them up as as um, puppets or something. So mm. they are always trying to push for a cashless society. You know, um, they really get on my nerves, but what can we do? So but the, the government has no business, has absolute. So our president, our current president, um, um, talks about climate change. He's just, okay, I, I'm not going to, I'll say that um, off when you're not recording what I was about to say. Um, so you can say whatever you want. I mean, uh, I, oh, no, no, you know. it, could, it could get me in trouble. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, no, we don't yeah, want you to get Yeah, so I, I won't say that. Um, so yeah, it, it there's no push for um at least not yet 
There's no push to limit cash here. There is no way the politicians can ever let that happen, right? Because there, everyone knows that there is a whole lot of corruption here, a whole lot of corruption. And much of that corruption takes place in, in cash because if, if, if a politician or somebody transfers money to another person's account, it can easily be traced. But with cash, it can't be traced. So there yeah. is no way, there is no way, as things stand, that the political elite will push for a cashless society in Nigeria. It's toggle to, it won't fly. So I'm not even worried about that now. That's interesting. That's just, I mean, because the reason I'm getting at it is, you know, that's that's another good sell for why Monero is important, right? Because if they do eliminate cash, which we're seeing happening all over the world, uh, then we're going to need some kind of replacement. Right. If we're all transacting digitally, if if physical cash is eliminated, we then need a way to uh, transact in a cash like manner in digital form. CBDCs is obviously not the solution there because they're they're run by the government. They're completely traceable. Bitcoin also not the solution because of its transparent ledger. It's not private. Uh, but something like Monero could be that replacement for cash. Or when ultimately it is eliminated, but you're saying because of the uh, use of cash by politicians in corrupt ways that they their incentive actually isn't there to eliminate it, which is interesting and yes. uh, probably accurate. However, there are more problems here. There are other problems that mm -hmm. could cause people to drift towards cryptocurrencies and Monero in particular. Go ahead, sure. Um, so, as I've said, inflation is a very big problem here. Mm -hmm. So, no matter how much, um, no matter how much cash you have, your cash can go worthless. In it can go worthless overnight. Mm -hmm. right? So, there's that. That's that's the good incentive to adopt um, um, cryptocurrencies. That's and then there's the problem. So, banks here are also very incompetent. Um, the banking system here is is terrible. It's, um, they 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 we don't have that many banks here, and they are they are incompetent. I won't say too much. They are incompetent, so um, they they charge people a whole lot on um simple transactions, right? So people are getting tired of all that bank nonsense. So if people start to learn that there's a way you can hold your money without um the bank treating you like garbage. I mean, there are places in this country that I've seen with my eyes where the bank, the, the line to, um, to to enter the bank is like, you have like 2,000 people standing in line to enter the bank. I've mm. seen it. I'm, so I'm not saying they told me this. I, I travel around, so I've seen it. Where you see like 2,000 people in line, you're like, when are these people going to do so? So because of things like that, you know, if people can find alternatives, um, it would be... Well, why do those the banks? Yeah. So is it, is it that the the banks don't give them full access to their money and the banks don't don't have the money when they go to ask for the money? Is is there is that one of the issues? Is it... um, no, they say we are underbanked. We don't have... Um, mm. So all the banks are the major cities. The not-so-major cities... Have don't have many banks, so everybody just rushes to maybe the one branch in, at the city center. Now, this, this this isn't in the major cities. I mean, other smaller places. 
So that's why you have those kinds of problems. Mm. Well, so are there bank, are there bank are there bank runs? Are, is does that happen? Is that a... no? The last bank run was I think in the mid two thousands. Okay. And the government just bailed out the banks, so there was there was no issue. And then we also offered higher. We also offered and um, paying higher prices, but you know people got their money, so ridiculous. What just just to um, kind of explain once again? So this this Monero that you're raising, I think you're asking for like 20, uh, 20 XMR. What do you intend on doing with that twenty Monero? Is it, is it going to be um, one lecture you you do somewhere? Is it going to be a series of things? You could give some details because I know people oh, yeah, that okay. are are on the fence about donating. They want to really know, for lack of a better word, what they're going to get for for their money, what they're going to get sure, for their Monero. Sure. You know. So. Um... The last seminar I organized cost about one thousand two hundred and sixty US dollars. That was the equivalent for just really? um, one lot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So to pay for the um, venue and um, to and um, buy refreshments to feed the people and um, to record audio, video, and all that stuff, and then giving out free books to the students. So the books are the bulk. Of the majority of the cost, and um, it's, it's the books really printing. So okay. I can't order books here. I I I I was I was discussing with the people at the Mises Institute about getting books here, and and um, the cost of getting just five titles, only five titles, was almost two hundred and dollars. And you know the books at the Mises Institute aren't expensive. So five simple titles, and um, open actually was six. It was almost two hundred dollars. So and um, they 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 gave me permission to print some of their books here to be able to um, reprint them so um i can print at the local printers here and then distribute those books rather than ship them you know if i were to ship those yeah yeah, books, those, really yeah, yeah. it'll be very in this, in this day and age i mean i would it be possible to just give them digital digital forms of the book to give them like because even mises right like you could go on there and there's yeah. You know, yeah, so that's why I downloaded the books that I'm going to print. So okay. there's a there is a culture here. People um prefer to read. Yeah, they want the physical copy. I've I've, I've actually seen this happen when you mm -hmm. give them PDFs. Yes, they don't really yeah take time to do that. So a, a kid, a, a university student, picks up his phone to read a book, and then a message comes in, and then he puts and the right. book aside, and then starts to chat or something. So yeah. I now I speak from personal experience and what I've seen. We prefer yes. to hold the books in our hands. And you know, sometimes people really feel like they attended a seminar, they went for a program where they have something tangible that they yes. can hold on to. And 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 if you're gonna do deep, deep learning, typically you do need something physical, right? So you, you could write in the notes, you could underline yes. I mean you could do that digitally, but it's it's not the same. It's I, not the same. I know. It's, it really yeah. is not the same. Yeah. Okay, so that's so that's that's a big cost there. The the books, the printing. Would you um be will you potentially will you be printing up Monero related materials? Do you have any idea of what you're gonna be using for that? Um, I haven't gotten any um okay. I haven't seen any material. I saw one someone posted on GitHub. I tried to access it, there were some issues I couldn't access it. Well if I can get um um good Ma master mastering Monero is a good one. Mastering Monero. Um, um, 
I believe, yeah, I believe that's, yeah, it's been a while since I looked at it, Mastering Monero. Uh, and then uh, recently somebody uh, made a book called The Monero Standard, which is also, oh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I that, that that's, a, that's a light, um, you know, a nice, it, it, it very much explains why, why Monero is important in the first place. But I would, maybe both of those books are good. Mastering Monero is good because it gets a little bit more, little bit more technical, not super technical, but in understanding how Monero works, how it functions, how it offers, how it provides privacy and fungibility. Um, so yeah, those are I, to look at. Go ahead. Yeah, can, I, can I get permission to print those again? We could probably figure that out. I think the mastering Monero for sure. Um, and then the uh, the Monero standard, we could we could talk to the author, uh, Stoic. He yeah, I, I could see I could see him giving permission permission for that for the for this for this cause. Or perhaps some of your funding you you know, give a little bit to it just to cover the, the basic cost. But I think oh, yeah. I think I think he would uh be down down for that. I don't want to put words into his mouth, but I mean, everybody's here. They're trying, just trying to spread the good word of Monero. So I imagine they would be uh, on board for that. Um, how many people do you think you could get to attend uh, one of these lectures? Well, my my last one, I had fifty people. I'm going okay. for two hundred. This I'm going for two hundred this time. Very cool. And now, and good. Oh, so the last time, I actually wanted to go for a hundred, but. As it, um, the cost limited route. So if I am, um, if I have more money, I can get more people. So my goal is two hundred this time. Okay, and then you you plan on doing these in in different parts of the country, or yes, different states in the country. Where's the first one going to be held? Just out of, out of curiosity. You mean the next one? Yeah, the the yes, the first one you do with this fundraiser. Yeah. The next, the, the uh, next, next one. I, I, again, I don't want to say, but I, I could say it's off um, camera. Oh, I'm well, well, when you're not recording again, because of Nigeria isn't safe. Nigeria isn't safe, right? So if there is a guy that's going around telling people, um, telling students that what the government is doing is, is wrong. Um, I don't want them to know this is where I'm going next. Okay, well then, how do you, how do you plan on getting the word out? How get getting people there without? Uh... Also, um, it's 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 very easy. Just the way I did the um, word. So the first one, it's already done, so I can talk about it. It was at the federal um, capital territory, the capital um, Abuja, like the capital of um, Nigeria. So, and um, I just all you need is one um, student, right? So you talk to that person over the phone, and then usually they are. Usually they are very interested in what you have to say. And then you, you tell them to tell a friend, you tell the friend, and then all of a sudden one person brings three people, you start a group online, and then you start to coordinate. So that was how we did the last one. And the ones going forward, I've already spoken with the people who are gathering their friends. So it's um, it, that is no issue at all. It's no issue. What what groups are you tapping into? Is it just university students, or is it how are you finding the, the, these people that? I mean, it's university. It's university students. Um, I I can't get, I can't get um, like I can't get people who work right to take um, time out 
for university students, their weekends are free. So I could always, um, and because they're in school, because they're in school, right? They are, they are, they are still in that learning um, stage of their lives. They are hungry for information. So it's easy to gather um, students. Although I, I, I definitely have plans to meet um, much older people, but I have to grow first. I have to be um, big to a certain extent that when I call, people can, you know, okay, let's hear what this guy has to say. You know, make it public and, and invite the public and not just students. Well, for now, I'm just starting with students. Uh, one, one of the things we're, we're building is called XMR Bazaar, and it's going to be a peer-to-peer Monero-based marketplace. And a big part of that is going to be uh, getting people to basically sell consulting services on there, right? To, to, to work remotely uh, for others. This could potentially be a good use case, right? To, to introduce people to Monero in your country. Maybe they're, they're good at graphic design. Maybe they're a programmer. Uh, maybe they have some other skill and they can offer their skills on XMR Bazaar and work remotely and get paid in Monero for, for their services. Just brings that up. Yeah. Sounds like a good idea. Right. Because, uh, what, what is the plan? Right. So, so you, you know, you're there, you tell, you teach them about Austrian economics, you talk about gold, you talk about, uh, Monero or Bitcoin. But then, you know, they, they say, all right, this Monero thing is great. But then it's like, well, then what? You know, how, how are they yeah. obtaining Monero? What are they doing with it, right? So uh, any thoughts on how to get them to actually then take action? If they find interest in Monero, what, what could they then go do? Is it that they then just go try to turn some of their local currency into Monero for purposes of uh preserving their wealth against inflation or are there are there other thoughts there to try to get the Monero economy going a little bit locally do you have any thoughts on that on how that can yeah be so started? yeah so the first thing you said about um getting them to hold it to hedge against inflation here is mm-hmm. that that's that's my primary it's a real problem here right so um that's my primary and um, goal and then of course I I can't remember who it is I was speaking with, who it was, I was speaking with, I was talking about actually starting a Monero community where um, we can trade with each other, right? So I have, just as you said, if someone is a graphic designer, a web designer or something, and rather than paying local currency, I can pay him um, in Monero. So we, as I said, um, students are starting, lots of students in Nigeria, lots of students have businesses here. They sell food, they sell clothes, jewelry, and all that stuff. They make hair, you know. So if I'm talking to these um, young entrepreneurs, I'm telling them rather than collect, um, and I did say this earlier, rather than collect um, the declining, ever declining um, fiat currency, why not accept um, Monero? Worst, worst case scenario, right? Worst case scenario, if you can't find someone who would accept Monero in trade for a commodity, then you can always trade it for um, a local currency, the local currency, and and do what you have to do, mm-hmm. right? So, but hopefully, as the community, so when I host these seminars, I don't just give them books and then um, tell them to help with you. So I I maintain relationship with them. We communicate. Lots of them are following me on Twitter. We interact on Twitter. We have 
groups offline where we discuss, where we actually discuss the books that um, um, the, I gave to them at the seminar. So we discussed those books, we learned these things. So um, so I happen to know one of them who is a, a, a ghost writer. He's a freelance um, writer, right? And he has friends. So why not introduce this thing to your friends? If I need something um, ghost written for me, I'll pay you in XMR. So just try to build a community Mm-hmm. People who can, who can, um, it's going to be difficult. I I know, but hopefully, you know, hopefully, fingers crossed. Um, we can get we can get many people who offer different services to be able yeah. to have um proper use for Monero and other than just hedging against inflation. When when do you think you'll be doing this? Any any thoughts on when it's going to happen? The seminar, yeah, the Monero. Um, rel- yeah. My my plan is to, the next one is to be in November, but um, oh. things are. Um, I I may just push it into um, January of next year. Okay. Because things tend things tend to get crazy towards the end of the year. Yeah, kidnappings Whoa. and all that stuff. So, oh Jesus! Well, yeah. it, 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 if if that's the case, uh, by January, XMR Bazaar will be, will be up and running. We should stay in communication because it would be great nice. to make that part of your introduction, and then maybe you could get some people to onboard onto the, onto the platform, and they could try to start earning Monero remotely, um, depending cool. on what types of things. You know, I'm sure I'm sure among those people you'll have some graphic designer or people that can do things remotely, right? Um, so, so first of all, I, I have to say thank you very much for this. Of course, and because it, it's it's not just it's not just going to teach people; it's literally offering them something, right? And mm-hmm. um, so, thank you. This this actually lends more credibility to um, my work here, you know. So, thank you very much for this. You say it's and it's Monero Bizarre. What do you call it again? XMR XMR Bizarre. So we, we, it's it's not launched yet, but we're, we're getting close. Um, but that, yeah, like I said, a big part of it is people being able to provide services. Uh, you know, that you could go on there, you could sell your motorcycle. Uh, it's all about being peer-to-peer and selling goods and services for Monero. But what it does on a global scale is it could connect, you know, the guy in New York who's looking to hire uh, a programmer and maybe now he's hiring somebody in Nigeria where he wouldn't have been able to do so otherwise. And now he can pay him directly with Monero. For, and as we were saying earlier, right? It maybe it wouldn't have been easy to pay him with PayPal or things like that. And now, so it's, it's, it's creating this global community of Monero users and spenders, right? People that want to buy and sell, that want to earn Monero or that want to. Uh, spend Monero on goods and services and bringing them together. I'm, I'm very sure and my people will like this. I'm very, very yeah. sure. All right. Very good. Sure good. Like yeah. Um, ex- exciting, exciting stuff, man. I, I wish you, I wish you all the luck. Um, another, another thought too is, and I'm sure you've thought of this, perhaps even if it's a small, small, a small amount, but if you, if you get your funding, uh, you could give you could give Monero to the people, right? You could have them download the app, uh, Cake yeah. Wallet or Cake Monero, Wallet. Cake Wallet, yeah. and even if you give them a dollar a dollar each, some nominal amount, but just so they can get it as part of their their class, they can sure. walk away sure. 
with Monero. So they, they, they know it, they understand it. Uh, they learned how to uh, get up and running, write down their private key, right? Just throwing that out as a, as a thought. Well, I, 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 yeah, yeah I, I'm sure they already know how to, and I'm sure many of them already maybe have Bitcoin or Ethereum or something. Mm -hmm. like so um, the whole setting it up won't be difficult for them. So yes, I, I could actually just give them a dollar worth, you know, or maybe yeah. have some kind of competition or contest during the seminar, or maybe those who answer questions, ask questions. I give them, okay, take $1 worth of Monero as your reward for, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I could make a game out of it. Uh, you, you mentioned at some point, you know, that you, you've just learned about, kind of just started learning, like you knew about crypto, but you just kind of started looking at it more deeply. And then you said you had your reasons. I'm just curious, what are your reasons? Like, it sounded like you were hesitant about crypto at some point, or perhaps, it, it, maybe you can explain that. Maybe I'm misinterpreting what you said, but I, I kind of felt like yes. I heard you say you had yes. hesitation. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a gold bug, right? I, okay. I believe it. Yeah. I, I'm, so if it, you can't escape being a gold bug if you read Mises and Rothbard, you, you really mm -hmm. can't escape it, right? They mm -hmm. make you fall in love with it. And the fact that, so I'm a Christian. I don't know whether or not you're religious. I'm a Christian, and I take that my religion very, very seriously. So I call, um, I call gold and silver God's money, right? Because it's money human beings have used since the, basically since the beginning of time, right? Yeah. So I believe, um, there's something, and I know my teachers of Australian economics will kill me for this, but there's something inherently valuable about um, metals. Right, so there's that. Now, um, my major contention with um, cryptocurrencies was, and still is, the fact that I don't, I don't know if you are familiar with um, Ludwig von Mises's regression theory. Mm -hmm. So, um, but explain for the know, viewers. Go ahead. Okay, so um, it explains how. Um, how, how do I say this? It explains how. Sorry. So um, the. How, we know we know what a good cost today, and um, because, uh, or rather, what money is worth today because of what it was worth yesterday. So basically, we just keep tracing that back to um, money has value today because it had value yesterday. So Mises uh, just pretty much worked it back um, to the um, very very beginning. So um, let me explain how I explained it um, at my seminars. Right, um, money starts from money started from barter, right, and um, trading mm -hmm. bread for fish. And then um, all of a sudden, um, because of coincidence of wants and all those other problems, um, fish isn't durable and um, a table isn't divisible. So people started to find marketable and more marketable com commodities. So these are commodities that are fungible. You can easily divide and they don't go bad. And they, they are commodities. People actually desire them for um, non-exchange purposes like gold, silver, fish, iron. They have other um, purposes. Right, so basically, Mises just worth um its money back from what it is today to what um how it originated, right? So money at its base is a commodity. So for things like um cryptocurrencies, they are not commodities in themselves. So mm -hmm. um they they serve no purpose other than the um exchange value value which. The same goes for fiat, right? Mm -hmm. um, fiat is even far worse. Uh, 
because it's it's it's, it's um, controlled by the um, government. So um, so because of that, because of the fact that um, cryptocurrencies don't have any non-exchange, non-monetary use, the possibility of their value falling to zero exists. Mm-hmm. That can never happen for gold. Yeah, I guess uh, what, what I would say to that, because as you can imagine, I thought about this qu- qu- quite a bit as well. Um, the the perhaps the argument there in terms of regression, uh, the regression theorem would be that the, the the value, if you go back to to the original value, is the fact that it's it's a payment system, right? And that's where you're getting the value from. So with Monero, this this works even better, right? So uh Monero has value, has utility, right? In that people, there's no other way for people to transact anonymously online but for Monero, right? So you can get rid of its speculative value. But the but the the, the thing is if you want to go buy something online, let's say even on a dark market on the internet. And you and and you know you don't want anybody to know what type of transaction you're making, whether you're the vendor selling the stuff, or you're the person that are looking to purchase. You're gonna want a tool that's gonna allow you to do that. So it's cash-like nature, its ability to be used anonymously and privately on the internet, is its is its base utility that gives it uh, an underlying value. Right, so even if all the speculation went out the window, uh, if you were going to go purchase something on a dark market, you're going to go to use this tool because there's really no other way to do that otherwise. Yes, I've heard this um, argument before. I've heard this, and this was one of the. Funny enough, it's only a friend of mine here in Nigeria that sent me um, Mm. something to read that explained the same thing you're saying now. I found it's satisfactory but and um, not as I, I have difficulty um, articulating where, where, where do you see as being the flaw in that in that in that thinking where um so that's what I'm saying I have difficulty and um, articulating so I, I what, what I'll do is tomorrow and um, I would take time and think about it and find a way to artic- so I've had this thought in my mind why mm-hmm. cryptocurrencies don't exactly fit the um, so English is my second language. So, so I, 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 I so I'll do this tomorrow. I'll take time okay. out and and think about it, and then I'll yeah. send you a DM um, explaining. Maybe I'll find the proper. Yeah, or, or you or you could tweet you could tweet it out, and then and we can have the discussion there. Okay, I will say sure. you could think about it in terms of the fact that really it's not just cryptocurrencies because a lot of cryptocurrencies don't have that value. It wouldn't be smart to use them. Uh, on a dark market because they're not untraceable, right? So Bitcoin even being one of them. So there's really only only Monero that falls into that category of having this base utility of being useful as a digital form of cash where I can send it to you through the internet just like I could pass you a dollar bill and it's not broadcast to the entire world. It's just between me and you. It's a bearer asset. And there's really no other way on the internet to do that. PayPal doesn't do that because you're going through a centralized company that can see your transactions. 
Uh, Bitcoin doesn't do that because it's keeping a, a ledger that's completely transparent. It wouldn't be smart to use Bitcoin for cash-like means if you want to perhaps anonymously fund some political cause or you want to go on the dark market because you want to buy some pharmaceutical that you can't that you can't ask, access otherwise. And when you really boil it down, you realize there's only one tool that can perform that function. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I understand. I understand. Um, as I but said, I'll let you think about it. Yeah, you think about it yeah. and you, you could tweet it out. We could discuss there and I'm sure it'll be a great conversation. Econ Bro, thank you so much for doing this. I know you're a little sick and I know it's late over there. It was great thank nonetheless. You. Is there any other information you want to put out there before uh, we end the show? Anything you want to get out there? Um, just tell your friend about me if you find what I'm doing interesting. And donate to my cause. Yeah. Follow I'm me sure. on Twitter, yes. That's yeah. very important. Follow me on Twitter. You'll be surprised. This is going to bring uh, some attention to your, to your fundraiser for sure. I mean, this is going out to all, all the Monero... People that you know, people that are interested in Monero, a lot, a lot of them are going to catch wind of this, and uh, I think, I think it's a great, it's a great effort. You're looking to spread liberty and the good word of Monero in Nigeria, and so uh, kudos to you, and I, I hope you get your funding, man. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll leave it at that. And I guess if you could just tell people where to learn more about you and to follow you, whether on Twitter or blogs, just put that information out there. Um, it's just um, Twitter at True Econ Bro, T R U E C O N B R E A U at T R U E C O N B R E A U. That's and my DMs are open. You can always reach me there. You can find my fundraiser, my Substack, where I write my articles is um, on my um, what do they call that thing? My profile. It's 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 on there. I I recently just wrote um, an article um say that that says um basically that talks about anarchy from the Bible. In, from a perspective that I'm sure no one else has taught because I know a lot of people have made that argument before, but mine is actually um, oh, relatively I, new. So. I, would I would love to check that out. We had we had a whole show on that here once. Uh, I forget the guest's name. Nick uh, Nick Watts, I believe his name was, from, from Australia. Um, I'll, I'll send you a link to that. You might be interested in what he had to say. Uh, I'll, I'll definitely check that out. Uh, just one last thought comes to mind. Is, is there going to be, uh, are you going to record the lecture or put out, I mean, because that, that would be great if people can. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I recorded the last one. Um, of course, the picture in, on the fundraiser is from the last um, event. I don't know if um, if you're ready. I could just share the screen. Now. Oh, yes. Please do. This is why you get rich and the poor get poorer. Because when the rich are buying up the wealth, when the government is building the roads, building the refineries and so on, when the big businessmen are building estates, and they are buying it at original prices. But by the time they pay people and people have gone around and have enjoyed the new money, by the time it gets to us that are earning monthly salary or people who are earning pensions, by the time the money gets to their hand, all the prices have risen. Do you understand? And this is causing wealth inequality. Because they are taking up all the wealth at a cheap price. Then they leave very little for us, for all of us to bid for. We start struggling for what is left. Which is why the prices um, eventually rise. So, this, what I've just explained now is called, there's a term for it, it's called...
effect or cantillon um, it's a french name it's pronounced cantillon but um english we say cantillon so it's called the cantillon effect it explains how you can look it up c-a-n-t-i-l-l-o-n cantillon effect it explains how those who spend the new money first get the natural the normal price while by the time the money has changed hands a couple of times prices would have gone up so if you think about it goods that are meant all of us are meant to share in a manner of speaking certain people color be most of it first and then they now leave the rest of the population to struggle for the little that is left well, when you do this this kuno fundraiser if you, if you get your funding which I, I i think you will um will you will you post the whole lecture because that would be great for people to be able to see see that you actually went out there you did it is that something that you think you do okay so the as i said the last one i and I, I although i cut it into clips because there were things that i said that were a bit inflammatory so and i have okay. to be careful where where i live so i had to cut out dangerous stuff out then i just um so the next one i'll try not to say too much dangerous stuff and then so i could post the whole thing if anyone the, the, the monero community likes the dangerous stuff but you do what okay. you need to, do to protect yourself um okay. this might be a dumb question but you're 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 doing these lectures in english oh yes <laughs> yes yes okay now, anyway I, i'm actually training people currently i'm training some of the people i recruited at the last seminar to talk to people in the local dialect to speak um, Yoruba to speak Hausa to speak Igbo to um, people to, so I want them to go out to the marketplace to talk to people about these things as I said they are easy to understand without you don't need an education to understand um, that cent why central banking causes and prices to go up so I'm training them to teach people in their language so currently working on that now right but but the, this one that you do this next one you do it will be in English, English. English. oh that's great I mean, I, I think that even adds more uh, validity to not that it wasn't valid otherwise, but it makes it uh, more enticing because the end product will be a recording of a lecture that talks about the, you know, wh why uh, Austrian economics is so important and talks about Monero. So that could be a good resource in general to put out there. Let's yeah. finish. Yeah. Post that on yeah. YouTube. People can, can see that uh, and it could be broadly seen. All right, Econ Bro, thank you so much, man. Greatly appreciate it. Thank you, Mr. Chewy. And we'll, we'll be in touch. Have a good one, man. Hi, Monero Land. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode. We release new episodes every week. You can find and subscribe to our show on YouTube, Odyssey, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Go to MoneroTalk.live for a full list of places where you can watch and listen. If you want to interact with us, guests, or other podcast listeners, you can follow us on Twitter. Monero Talk is also made possible from contributions by viewers and listeners like you. And supporting us is easier than ever by typing in MoneroTalk.crypto in your Monero.com or CakeWallet send address field to send us a tip. Once again, thank you so much for listening, and we look forward to being back next week.